everyone. This is Emily Kalaszewski, Member Programs Lead at the Michigan Municipal League, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Today's webinar is titled COVID-19 Response, Winter Strategies for Downtowns and Business Districts. With winter rolling in as COVID-19 health concerns continue, our Main Street businesses will be under even more pressure than they have been. Communities need new tools for keeping Main Street functioning through the cold months, and the Michigan Main Street Center has produced a new winter strategies guide to help. Main Street Specialist Joe Frost and Lee Young will be sharing ways your community can help your downtown lively, stay lively through the cold months. Um, a few notes before we get started. Following the presentation, I will be facilitating a Q&A portion with participants. To submit your questions, please type them in the chat box on the upper left side of your screen. Following today's presentation, we will also email any links and this presentation out to all of our participants. So you'll be sure to get all of that. And now let me formally introduce our speakers today. We have Lee Young, the Main Street Specialist for MEDC. Lee Young, AICP, conducts trainings and provides technical assistance to the Michigan Main Street communities and traditional downtown and commercial districts statewide. Lee has a master's in urban and regional planning from the University of Michigan and a bachelor's in public policy from Michigan State University. She has over six years of experience in public sector planning, downtown management, and community development. She is passionate about helping communities in Michigan reach their full potential. We also have Joe Frost, a Main Street Specialist from MEDC as well. Joe Frost is the Design and Economic Vitality Specialist for Michigan Main Street and provides technical assistance to Michigan Main Street communities and traditional downtowns. Joe earned a Master of Science in Historic Preservation from Ball State University's College of Architecture and Planning and a Bachelor of Arts in Geography from Michigan State University. Go Green! He has 10 years of historic preservation and community development experience, including two Main Street coordinating programs. Joe served as a local elected official as village president of the Village of Oxford from 2018 through 2020. He lives in Bay City, his wife's hometown, where they are restoring a historic home purchased from the Bay County Land Bank. Joe also coaches 8U youth ice hockey. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Lee. And I will turn it over to the two of you to begin. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to the Michigan Municipal League members uh, this afternoon. Um, over the next few minutes or so, Lee and I are going to describe our winter strategies guide and some strategies that we we think that your community can use moving forward into the cold season, not only for COVID, but, but longer term, thinking about how your community can be uh, a winter community. Now, with that being said, I know that 2020 has changed a lot of things and a lot of routines for us. So both Lee and I have toddlers at home. So you may hear a little bit of background noise or see uh, our little assistance in the background. So we do apologize for that. And we certainly hope you understand the circumstances. So with that, the first thing I wanna say is that Michigan is beautiful year round. We love Michigan in the summer, but we should also love Michigan for the four seasons that the Great Lakes region provides us, and we should embrace winter. If you don't take anything away from this, uh, this conversation uh, today, take away this piece, and I'm going to talk about this a little later. We need to embrace winter and be positive about winter. Winter can be beautiful in Michigan, even amongst COVID uh, and all the things that are going on uh, in today's world. So with that, I'll pass it on to Lee, and we'll get started. Wonderful. 
So Joe and I are just going to give a little bit of an overview. Um, for those of you that watched the webinar, these are some of the most important strategies and principles that are within the guide. Um, and especially now with the new governor's orders, we really hope that this overview today will serve as a refresh, but also give you some fresh ideas um, for executing that order starting tomorrow. So our guide has principles of winter city planning. It starts out with these principles, and these are really the overarching principles that are the underlying things that your community can do to really become a winter city long term. We then have strategies for downtowns and business districts, and this is the section that we put together specifically for COVID-19 response and recovery, but there are certain strategies that might be longer term as well. Um, and then the last part of the guide has helpful links and resources. We learned a lot through this process by partnering with Patrick Coleman of the Winter Cities Institute. Um, and he also works with folks from Edmonton, Alberta, the 880 Cities Initiative, um, and so many other communities throughout the nation and internationally that plan for winter um, in their cities. So check out that helpful links and resources because it really does have a lot of great examples that you can R&D. So the first principle for winter cities planning is for providing and enhancing opportunities for outdoor winter activity. With the new um, executive order and also with cases rising, it's gonna be very important that we just think about in our communities any and everything we can do to get folks outside, to be able to go out with their families and experience the things that our communities and downtowns have to offer. So consider using existing city parks and open space for winter activities that can be done socially distanced, like a sledding hill, um, pathways and outdoor gathering areas with maybe some fire pits and creative warming huts. You can also think about how you can uh, retrofit your winter trails um, on your old rail grades. I know many of your communities have trails on your old rail grades, and there are many examples of communities that have used those for ice skating, uh, but also cross-country skiing and things like that. So think about how to retrofit those for the winter so that they're still being used. Also, winter biking is definitely still a thing, so make sure that those are being groomed so that people can still bike during the winter. The next principle is to improve winter transportation. So think about in your community, all of those critical pedestrian areas that should receive priority when clearing sidewalks and walkways, obviously the downtown district, but also ways that folks get from the residential areas into the downtown should be thought to be critical pedestrian areas that should receive priority clearing. Also consider recruiting the assistance of residents, business owners, and other neighborhood groups that can help you and your community with clearing the snow. And then make sure that transition areas like curb cuts and bus stops are properly plowed so that safety is a number one priority as well. The third principle is to design for winter safety and comfort. This is going to be even more important now that indoor dining is being closed down for the next couple of weeks. Um, so think about ways that you can retrofit outdoor seating areas. So taking advantage of solar radiation to ensure that all the southern facing um, Patios can get the most of the solar radiation. Use buildings and vegetation to protect the outdoor spaces. Provide shelters where appropriate and wind blocks where appropriate. And then for any outdoor furniture there's there, make sure that it's constructed out of um, wood, vinyl coated metal, or one way to retrofit metal furniture is to just put um, fabric cushions on them to just provide a little bit more warmth. So think of all of these things that can be done very cheaply um, and very easily to provide winter safety and comfort. 
This is a really great diagram um, that shows how you can retrofit a town square with winter design strategies. So again, things that I just mentioned, like the wind breaks, the gathering spaces, making sure that access is clear, um, and that it has some activities that folks can do safely and socially dis distanced. The next principle is snow management. And this is probably one that a lot of your communities are thinking is going to be one of the biggest hurdles that you'll have to cross as you're thinking about outdoor seating and closing down the streets um, for this winter. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is to map out snow management problem areas that you've had in the past and evaluate how to fix those impacts of winter winds and drifting snow on your city streets. You'll also want to make sure that you're considering how to snowplow around any parklets or things that are being left in the roadway. Um, you want to design your road cross sections to provide an area for snow storage so that not um, everything is, not all the snow is being piled up in one area. Also, if you have bike lanes running through your districts, make sure that those are not being used for snow storage. As I said, winter biking is becoming something that folks continue to want to do. And so making sure that your bike lanes are maintained at the same stand standards of your streets and to encourage more people to use their bikes in the winter is going to be important. And then once you've mapped out your problem areas, you can re redesign where you're storing snow to make sure that you're not storing it where the wind is problematic. Um, you can store it behind vegetation to make sure that you're reducing the wind and drifting snow. And then also you can think about locating snow storage areas where they'll receive sufficient solar radiation, but also store snow in a number of different smaller sites so that you're not just having large giant piles um, throughout your community. Instead, you're having smaller sites um, in order to speed up the melting process. There are many ways you can use vegetation and landscaping, but you really want to think about creating outdoor rooms using trees and vegetation to shelter exposed areas. So you can bring in coniferous vegetation, you can bring in straw bales, um, just to kind of shelter any outdoor seating that you might have throughout the winter. This principle is so important because it can, it's one of the lighter, quicker, cheaper things that your community can do. And this is a picture of Lansing here on the left. Um, they just did this installment as kind of a test to figure out how lighting of their district would reactivate it at night. Um, so definitely your community should consider how color and lighting treatments for public spaces and buildings can offset the darkness and monotony of the winter season. I don't know about you, but if since it gets dark at around 4.30 or 5, it just seems so bleak. So things like lighting can really activate and provide that warmth in your district and really act as a way to draw residents and uh, folks into your district at night. And then the last principle, and I think one of the most important ones, is to start using winter as a positive asset to attract businesses, tourism, and new res residents to your district. So think about how you can collaborate with other organizations to create a, a safe winter festival, um, outdoor activities, a winter market, food and music in your districts. Consider implementing and dressing up downtown with lighting, public art, snow and ice sculptures for the entire winter season and not just the holidays. I think especially this year, once we get past the holidays, our downtown districts are going to look a little bleak. Um, and so I think we need to think about as um, folks that plan for our communities, how we can make sure that 
our communities are being activated throughout this entire winter season. And hopefully what Joe's going to talk about next with the downtown strategies can help provide you with some of those ways. So with that, I will go ahead and turn it over to Joe, who's going to talk about strategies specific for downtowns. Thanks, Lee. And thank you for that wonderful uh, introduction. So um, we're going to go over for the next few minutes, like more immediate term things that you could be doing. Lee presented a lot of things from more of the planning perspective, things that are more uh, broad um, and things that you could be doing year after year to incrementally change your community from um, you know a, a community that, that pushes winter away to a community that embraces winter. Um, so some of these things include partnerships, funding, volunteer opportunities. We talked a little bit about snow management and lighting. Um, but the number one thing that you should do right now um, is to establish a local winter strategies task force. Now, of course, this task force should not be meeting in person. Do it remotely. But you want to discuss all of the things that Lee just presented and then some uh, around uh, your community for winter. Um, who should be on this task force, you ask? DPW representative, because the DPW, they're the folks generally that are moving the snow around, who have an understanding of, of how the your municipality works in terms of snow removal and lighting and things like that. You want your Main Street director, if you're a Main Street community, or your downtown organization, if you have one. Um, you're, of course, your municipal manager. Um, a business owner so that you get the business owner's perspective on this task force, perhaps a resident um, so that you can get the residential uh, perspective as well. Um, one of the, the key uh, seats at this task force is likely to be your zoning administrator or even your building department official so that you can have them at the table and be proactively talking about what works, what doesn't work, from a, a zoning and, and building standpoint as well. So this, um, this task force should be thinking about um, a, a lot of things. Um, and the, the first thing that they should be doing is to take an inventory of your community's winter assets. A winter asset could be everything from an underutilized municipal park or downtown square or uh, a pocket park or, or, or things of that nature. Uh, a snow hill that's, you know, maybe down the road from your community, but still accessible. A skating rink. And we know that ice rinks and arenas are closed right now. So we do want to be mindful of that with the new orders coming into play tomorrow. Um, but look at all of your assets, not only within your downtown, but your community as a whole, and then regionally. Because in your community, there may be a winter asset that brings people to your, your community by, by like a regional basis. And that... The number three thing to do is to start to identify the local ordinances, zoning, and policies that may need to be updated. And again, some of this is for that immediate COVID response, but some of this is incremental change over time, right? There may be a lot of ideas for winter now that will take two and three years to embrace, uh, and that's okay. Let's do what we need to do now for the COVID response, but we're a winter uh, uh, state. We're a winter region. So let's think about winter long-term as well. So the next few pages are organized by the Main Street four-point approach. And I know a number of the MML members are not engaged in the Main Street program, and that's okay. Don't let that scare you. The Main Street approach is a national recipe uh, from 
the, the National Main Street Center that's administered here uh, in Michigan by the Michigan uh, Main Street uh, team uh, as part of MEDC. So one of the things we work with with our member communities is the Main Street four-point approach of organization, promotion, economic vitality, and design. And if you're working on all four of those points incrementally, um, you can start to make a positive um, incremental change in your community. So this may be a little new to some of you. Some of you are in Main Street communities already. So this will be a little bit of review. So what we've done is organized, you know, the, the winter ideas under these, uh, these, uh, these four points. Number one, and I've already mentioned this, uh, Lee's already mentioned it, and if you hear it a dozen more times, that's because it's so important that we want to tell you about it, is you need to build partnerships. Have that task force at the ready, be meeting regularly, but start to build partnerships not only across your municipal uh, um, entities, the DPW, the, the city council, um, but also with your nonprofit uh, uh, stakeholders and your, your local stakeholders as well. Perhaps there's a business association or a chamber of commerce, the schools um, that are in your local community that you want to have these discussions with. Again, winter is here every year and everybody needs to uh, interact with winter in some way. So let's bring these stakeholders together, build those partnerships to make winter uh, a better um, and more fun thing in your community. Um, Create a micro grant. Um, this would we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this because funding is so tight. If your downtown organization or your chamber has some some funds that they have available to them, create a micro grant program to help small business owners, retail and restaurants, um, especially restaurants now with the the new orders coming tomorrow, um, to to really strategize what the, what they're going to be doing for winter for this winter. And so on. Again, we want you to be thinking about right now, but we also want you to build a plan for long term. There's a great example in um, in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids has developed a grant to help communities, or excuse me, to help um, businesses do winterization. If you don't have the funds to do a micro grant program, develop a sponsorship campaign. Um, this would probably be best uh, uh, built within your downtown development authority organization or your nonprofit uh, Main Street organization, whoever's managing your downtown, uh, solicit funds. Let your donors know this is what we're doing. We need to do this so that we can help our businesses uh, weather this winter and, uh, and prepare um, for the months to come. Oh, moving the wrong slide. My apologies. Design considerations is you want to be looking at underutilized space. Consider. Oh, oh, okay. We can't do this right now. Okay. All right. I'm on a webinar. Hey, Lee, can you jump in real quick? I'm so sorry. No problem. Got it. Um, so for design considerations, um, like I mentioned, um, consider how ways to use your outdoor space to activate it. So consider using parking decks, parking lots, plaza areas, or other public spaces that are underutilized in the winter to host any entertainment activities and events. Again, for this year and this winter, um, keeping social distance in mind, but for the long term, think about how you can activate these places um, in the winter long term. Um, and I know East Lansing is looking at using parking decks and parking lots already. Um, you can also consider opportunities to tie in any trails that you might have in or near your downtown. Um, 
And then business owner or strategies specific to business owners are to consider the winter impact on maintaining the curbside pickup options. So for us as communities, when we're planning this out, making sure that snow management is taking place so as that it's not in the parallel parking spaces right outside of businesses, but really that snow is moved to provide access to folks from their car. And then also creating appealing window shopping displays, again, not just for the holidays, but also for all winter to make sure that um, the downtown is activated. Um, okay. So for economic vitality considerations for the community and for the downtown organization, consider ways to develop pop-up opportunities for holiday shopping or for the entire winter season using vacant spaces and vacant storefronts to highlight some entrepreneurs that might not have a bricks and mortar within your community. Um, and then also work with your business owners to coordinate business hours for winter operations. I know it's a constant struggle to get business owners to coordinate business hours, but especially now and especially in these times, it will be really important to coordinate those business hours. Some strategies specific to business owners, consider expanding curbside pickup options for restaurants and even for retail. Um, there are some communities that are um, incentivizing curbside pickup. Charlotte is actually... Um, if you spend $25 or more at a local business, you'll get a $10 gift card if you use curbside delivery and curbside pickup. So that's just an innovative example of one way you can incentivize curbside pickup. But also with your small businesses, consider winter-themed specials, sales, products, or menu items um, to get people to continue to come back to your restaurant or retail store throughout the winter. And then lastly, for promotion, for large holiday shopping events, um, some considerations might include staggering large events for over a longer period. So having something like a 12 days of Christmas event where folks are coming down staggered throughout the shopping season, encouraging staggered attendance by offering specials based on the first letter of your last name or different specials for different days. You could also use VIP or invite-only events. Um, I know a lot of communities and small business owners are doing invite-only or um, registering to make an appointment to shop in their retail store. And then for winter marketing, you could develop a winter brand for the downtown or the district and business owners. And then Joe would say it if he could. Um, really, the biggest thing is to change perceptions about winter and downtown and promote a positive winter attitude. That's a good transition, Lee. I can, um, and again, I thank you all for your grace as we have toddlers at home, but um, embrace winter, right? We live in Michigan. We live in one of the most beautiful regions, I believe, in the entire world. It's a dynamic region. We have communities, you know, from far and wide, from Detroit to Houghton is, is, is a, a long drive, right? It's a huge state. It's a beautiful state. And so what we really need to do is embrace winter. And by doing these strategies, by putting together these partnerships in this task force, we can begin to do that. Um, adopt the winter marketing. Be proud of your brand, right? Put a snowflake on your brand. There's a great example of a snowflake from... Um, from grayling, which is you know um, designed with with oars because of their their river uh, attraction there. So um, you know just embrace winter, change perceptions. You know today it's kind of flurrying uh, here in Bay City, and the first reaction is oh it's snowing, but that should not be our reaction. Our reaction should be yes, this is another of our four seasons, and it's just as beautiful as the rest. So 
create an action plan. If you are uh, in tune with Main Street already, you understand work plans. Here are some examples. These are in the guide. You can pencil in some action plans, pencil in who can take the lead on that in your community, what connections you need to make uh, to begin to move some of these plans forward. Um, and um, if you need help, we're here to help, right? The MichiganReopenMainStreet.com website has a number of resources uh, around the COVID response, including this new winter resource. So please check that out. And again, Lee and I are always happy to have conversations, put together a Zoom meeting, if you don't mind toddlers in the background, um, but we're able to help. We're able to help you with these conversations and kind of go from there. So at this point, I think we're gonna open it up for questions. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, um, Lee, Joe, for this information. We do have a few questions that have come in. Um, so what some of our members have mentioned in the chat is they would love to hear about more communities who you might consider have strong um, winter strategies or some of your favorite examples um, from other communities who might be considering implementing some of these things or already have. Oh, that's a great question. And there are so many. Um, one of my favorite, because it hits on the promotion aspect, is Downtown Lansing has been doing and is continuing to do their Lift Up Local campaign, where they are just continuing to highlight all that their restaurants and retailers have to offer to locals and visitors. Um, it's been a really great promotion that has, um, like I said, just really highlighted what folks have to offer to the community. Um, they also have hired an ambassadors to um, shop at these local stores. They give them gift cards, and then the ambassadors are responsible for posting on social media the finds that they have through their shopping adventures. It's been a really great promotion, and I think it's something that is relatively easy and free to do, um, and so it really just is that promotional aspect. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite community per se that's doing these strategies, but I would say a favorite region. I'd say the Upper Peninsula has dealt with this for a long time, um, but this year it's a little different because of the COVID response. So there's some great examples of, you know, the, the Winter Carnival in Houghton and, and others, you know, um, up in the Upper Peninsula. So if you're a municipal manager or an elected official and you're hearing this, I would say reach out to your colleagues uh, in, in northern Michigan and just pick their brains, see what they're doing, see what they're doing different this year. Um, build those connections as well. You know, the, the, we're stronger together um, and we have this incredible network of, you know, the Michigan Municipal League and Michigan Main Street and others to help make these connections. Um, you know, there's some great examples from up north uh, of what they're doing. Yeah, and then I would also say, I just thought of another one. Um, when you think about the design aspect and outdoor winterization and outdoor seating, um, Celine has done a fantastic job with this. Um, all throughout the summer, they were actually able to close a portion of their downtown district, actually like the Southern Quadrant, um, where they have a plaza and a coffee shop, and it's flanked by two restaurants. Um, so they closed that portion of the street for the entire summer season. They've called it their downtown recovery zone. Um, and then actually for the winter, they have procured eight or nine heaters. And I think they're not only using the big propane ones, but they also found table heaters so that the heat stays down low 
while people are eating. Um, and they've just really put a really great plan together of how to winterize this space. Again, it's called their downtown recovery zone. And I think they faced a lot of hurdles um, in terms of changing ordinances and getting council to approve this. So if your community is facing those types of hurdles, uh, Holly Andrews is the person to talk to. So I wanna talk a little bit about something you referenced just now, Lee and Joe, you mentioned it as you were presenting and that's updating those zoning, local ordinances, policies. I know you mentioned that um, one of the best strategies in doing this is thinking about it as incremental change. Um, so for our communities who are just starting to think about this, where should they get started? What should they be looking at first and what tips and tricks might you have for them? Right, I, I think the first thing to do is to have those conversations with your building uh, department or your zoning official. You know, th these folks are incredible at what they do. They know the codes, they know the, the zoning, um, you know, verbatim off the top of their heads. They're, they're so talented. And so float ideas with, with them as opposed to opposed to them. Um, you know, we've, we've heard that some communities are, are getting what they would say pushback from building and zoning officials, but rather than getting pushback, let's, let's bring those talented staff people or consultants in many cases to your uh, task force, your, your winter strategies task force, and, and really um, have them there as a resource as opposed to uh, you know, a, a hindrance. So have those conversations early and often. There are some things that probably won't work because of certain zoning or, or building code related things, but that's where you, you have that relationship with that staff person or consultant and you know, they can help guide this, this process as well. They can help create some of these ideas as well. If we can bring all of our perspectives together, um, I think our communities will have a much, uh, much more um, robust experience uh, this winter and for winters to come. Yeah, and I would just add to that, that once you do have those conversations, if you're able to in any way talk them into doing an experiment, it doesn't have to be large. Um, Mylan is a really good example of this. This summer, they were able to negotiate with their council to get them to try out parklets. And the great thing about Mylan's parklets is they were funded 100% by the two businesses that did them. And they were the really fun ones that were just the wood boardwalks. Um, right adjacent to the sidewalk and the parallel parking spaces. Um, it added extra capacity for them, but it also showed the community just through doing these small incremental things that it's possible and it really doesn't make that big of a change. Mylan also brought with them many different examples and design guidelines um, from other communities that do this to show their council members that this is possible. Um, and then since then, they've been able to put together a plan where this can be more permanent. But even if it starts with just being something that lasts for a couple of months to show that it can work, that's the very first start. Excellent. So moving on, um, we can imagine that many of our members may find just getting started is a bit intimidating due to supply challenges. Um, where are some unexpected but good sources for pop-up street furniture, windbreaks, et cetera, that our members might consider um, as they start to put these plans in place? Ooh, that's a really good question. That's um, a really good question and a, and a tough question. Um, I would say that let's lean on our partnerships, right? Um, you know, there, we have heard there's shortages of, of heaters, the propane heaters that can go outside and, and, and so forth. 
some of these things are already in your community and you may not know they're there. So let's have those conversations. Let's, let's put the call out on our local social media. Let's, let's be transparent about what we're doing because oftentimes, you know, a, a local stakeholder may have this, this thing that is needed um, and, and can, can fill that need. Um, some things may need to be built from scratch, right? And again, if we have our, our strong partnerships you know, with the local hardware store and the, the local schools or the local scouts or something like that to help uh, bring people together again in a socially distanced and safe way, um, we could begin to overcome some of these shortages. So, you know, I, I think we're going to look back on this time in history and, and, and hopefully it's a time that we come together with the resources that we have, even though there are things that maybe we uh, are, are unable to, to get a hold of as readily. Yeah, I think um, Joe hit the nail on the head with some of the things needing to be built from scratch. Um, Mexican Town and the Southwest Detroit Business Association is literally building their outdoor winter shelters from scratch. I've seen some great examples out of Northville and what they've done with winterizing their social district and building their outdoor shelters. So I think it does take some innovation and creativity. Thanks for that. All right. So um, given the changing COVID-19 restrictions for indoor as well as outdoor activities, how could communities host a winter festival safely given the number of people they may draw in attendance? I know you mentioned earlier um, sort of that intermittent 12 days of Christmas thing um, for more retail options, but do you have suggestions for more winter festival um, events? Yeah, um, I think one thing to be taken into consideration is using outdoor spaces for sure um, or parking decks that have really great ventilation so that at least you have a little bit of shelter but certainly thinking about spacing out the booze as much as much as you can um, trying to think of how if you have any food there how that can be done safely um, and then spacing out attendance maybe it's every hour 25 new people are able to filter in yeah, and, and I'd say bundle up, right? So we should be wearing masks already. And so get that scarf and just bundle up, right? You know, like put that extra layer on, layer up. And um, I, I think that's a good way. You know, when we when this guide was put together uh, over the past couple months, we were not anticipating the orders uh, that are starting tomorrow. And we certainly were not anticipating the number of COVID positive cases across the state that we've seen in the last few days. And so it, it, it will likely be challenging to do an event right now. Do an online event. Um, there was a great example over the summer in downtown Sault Ste. Marie. They did a live, uh, a Facebook live retail event. Um, and it was one of their biggest sales uh, days of the summer. And so um, different retailers went live at different times. There was a schedule and it was almost like a, I don't want to say an auction, but it almost had that feel to it where, where people could, could chime in on Facebook and, and purchase items. So there are some creative ways. Who would have ever thought Zoom would have been the norm? Um, so, you know, maybe there's some creative ways uh, with using this technology to do some, some remote events as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And Niles is actually going to be doing a downtown tour as well. So you could think of doing a downtown winter market where you go to each one of your businesses and let them highlight the products and services that they have to offer. Um, that's what downtown Niles is going to do. 
Joe, I have to say, I really love your winter enthusiasm, um, regardless of pandemic or not. I think it's something we could all use as we're looking at these next couple of months. Um, I want to just ask, I know you've given some examples, but what suggestions might you have for smaller communities who have more limited capacity when considering these options? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, good question. I'd say start right where we, we've encouraged you to start, you know, build that task force. No matter how small your community is, no matter how large, you know, it all starts with a plan. And so bringing together the stakeholders, again, in a safe way, um, your local elected officials, your, your mayor, um, your municipal manager, and, and, and really start to think about these things. Um, reach out to your community. Some of the best ideas will come from uh, members of the community, maybe through social media. Um, some of the worst ideas might come from the same place, let's be honest, but at least you're out there and you're, you're having these conversations. And, and I think that's the, the most important place to start uh, is to build those relationships and, and really figure out as a community uh, what you can do. You know, resources are limited for some communities. And, um, you know, it's the, the whole point of a community, the whole point of a neighborhood, the whole point of uh, of, of all of this is to lift everybody up, you know, so um, have those conversations and, and, you know, start to think about what do we do as a community? Yeah, and really, it's also about prioritizing, right? Like the community is going to have so many different ideas and, and the restaurants and small businesses are going to have their wants and needs. Um, but as a community, once you have those conversations, you can take it all in and then figure out what's going to be the largest impact thing that you can do with the limited resources that you have. And if it's only one this year, that's fine because then you can build off from it year after year. Um, so it really does come down to putting together those action plans and prioritizing what's going to be the biggest hit for the lowest amount of money and the lowest capacity this year. Excellent. Well, I want to give a big thank you to Joe, to Lee for joining us today, for sharing their knowledge. Um, you'll see their contact information on your screen if you'd like to get in touch with them. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to share um, their thoughts, examples they've referenced, um, and we will be certain to include um, this PowerPoint presentation, um, links to uh, their report um, in a follow-up email to all of our participants. Um, in addition, as has been the case with our other webinars, this will be posted in multiple for formats for you to review or share on our website at www.mml.org. A few other resources of note, each Monday at noon, we've been conducting our traditional Monday Morning Live as a new, well, at this point, not really new, um, working from home series with our lobbying team via webinar. This is gonna be especially important as we approach the lame duck session. You can join those via Zoom or watch live on our Facebook page. And next up in MML series, we want to make sure you stay tuned for more information and other important webinar topics as we continue to provide you with timely updates and resources. We have a few webinars in the mix um, that we are just finalizing details on, so we'll be sure to share that information as soon as we have it. Thank you all. Joe, Lee, thank you again. And that concludes our session today. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a production of the Michigan Municipal League. For more information on our programs and services, please visit www.mml.org and join us for the next episode of We Love Where You Live.